You're listening to another life-transforming message from Awakened Church with campuses in San Diego and Salt Lake City. To find out more about us, go to awakenchurch.com. Another word for consequences or results is aftermath. The definition of aftermath is consequences or results of an event or a decision. The title of my message tonight is Aftermath is aftermath. Sunday was Pentecost Sunday. And Pastor Leanne preached a message about the Holy Spirit and what kind of church that we are, what, what kind of culture that we carry at, at, at Awaken Church. And it inspired me to preach this message tonight because tonight is the aftermath of that Sunday message. And Pentecost didn't stop on Pentecost Sunday. There was an aftermath. There was stuff that happened afterwards. There was something that started afterwards called the church after the day of Pentecost. The day of Pentecost, in case you're not aware, happened 50 days after Jesus rose from the dead. So on Easter, we celebrate Jesus' resurrection, and then Jesus was around on earth for 40 days. He walked around. He showed himself to 500 people at one time. He showed himself to his disciples. He went on walks with people. He showed them scars. He ate with people. He proved himself. 40 is the, the number of testing in the Bible. He was tested for 40 days, and he proved himself to be real in front, of, in front of tons of people. But before he left, he said, disciples, I want you to go change the world, but before you do, I want you to go get power. I want you to go to Jerusalem. I want you to go to the upper room and get power. So 500 disciples go up to the upper room on day 40 or 41. Ten days later, the Holy Spirit falls. But there wasn't 500 people in the upper room at that time. There was 120, 380 people had something better to do. 120 people, I don't know how they did it. I don't know if there was a bathroom in there. I don't know if they got Uber Eats or Domino's. I don't know how they ate. I don't know, I don't know what they did. I'm sure people were bringing them food, but 10 days later, there's only 120. 10 days after 40 is 50. 50 in the Bible is freedom, is deliverance, is jubilee, is celebration. In the Old Testament, on the, day, on the year of jubilee, all the slaves would be set free and they would get back all their stuff. And so 50 is a day of, of jubilation, of freedom, of deliverance. 10 in the Bible is perfection. 10 in the Bible is law, 10 commandments. So for whatever reason, God thought that the perfect amount of time would be 10 days from the time he ascended for the Holy Spirit to come. 10 is the, the number of law. 50 is the number of deliverance. So isn't it interesting? On day 50, the church was delivered from the law by the power of the Holy Spirit. Because where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. It's just interesting about the Bible because stuff happens in the Bible. It's amazing. You guys throw my mic a little bit. Stuff happens in the Bible. It's amazing. So on day 50, the church was delivered from the law. And now we're free, filled with the Holy Spirit. Access to the third person of the Trinity, the Bible. We are now living in the aftermath. Joel 2.28 said, I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. So all of us have the opportunity not all of us take the opportunity, but all of us have the opportunity. You're going to have the opportunity tonight to receive some power tonight. 
But we are living right now in the aftermath, 2,000 plus years after the Holy Spirit was poured out, we're still living in the aftermath of that. The problem is I think the church was more powerful back then than it is now. The church should be more powerful now than it was back then. But for some reason, the church has backed off of power, has backed away from the Word of God, has backed off from the Holy Spirit. We should be building on what they started. I feel like we're rebuilding what they started now. At Awakened Church, we are committed to bringing power, to bringing the Holy Spirit, to allowing the Holy Spirit to, to roam and to live in the aftermath that we're meant to live in. One of my favorite stories in the Bible was after the falling of the Holy Spirit in Acts 2, after Peter preaches a message, 3,000 people get saved, the church is birthed. The church is birthed in power, and then Acts 3 starts. One of my favorite passages of Scripture, it says, Now Peter and John went up together to the temple at the ninth hour of prayer. Uh, at the hour of prayer, sorry, the ninth hour. And a certain man, lame from his mother's womb, was carried. He was lame for over 40 years, it later says. Whom they laid daily at the gate of the temple, which is called Beautiful. Really quickly, Peter and John were walking to go pray. They hadn't prayed yet. The Bible doesn't say they, they read the Torah yet. It doesn't say that they worshipped yet. It says they were on their way to pray. So they weren't prayed up. What I like about Peter and John is they knew that they were living in the aftermath. So many of us, if we, if we walk by somebody who needs breakthrough, if we walk by somebody who needs ministry, and we haven't read our Bible, or we haven't prayed, or we haven't been to church that week, we, we let them stay in their lameness because we don't realize we're living in the aftermath. When the Holy Spirit came, not only did the disciples, did they have the Holy Spirit in them, now all of a sudden they had the Holy Spirit on them. It's called the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And so the Holy Spirit doesn't leave you nor forsake you. He's always with you. Peter and John realized that. So even though they weren't prayed up, they still approached this lame man and still prayed for him. So he was laid at the gate called beautiful. And that word beautiful doesn't just mean its appearance. It's amazing what that word beautiful means. It means belonging to the right hour or season, flourishing. So every day this lame man was carried to this gate, and that was his, it was his time. It was his hour. But every day he came lame, and every day he left lame, just begging for alms. So to ask alms from, from, those, two, from those who entered the temple, who seeing Peter and John about to go into the temple, asked for alms or asked for money. And fixing his eyes on the lame man with John, Peter says, look at us. This lame man was in a, in a rut. He was in a, uh, I believe he lost hope. He was just going through the motions and every day would just be laid by the gate beautiful with his cup in the air and his head down. Begging for money. So, so Peter says, look at us. And I'm convinced in this scenario, there was yet to be power in the church. Because if there was power in the temple, if there was power in the church, I got to tell you this, that this lame man wouldn't be sitting outside of the gate. I know he wasn't allowed in the church, but let me, how many people have gone places they weren't allowed to go? Come on.
on, if there was power in the church and you couldn't walk and you were lame, would you find a way to get into the church if there was power? There wasn't power in the church yet. But, but, but Peter went to this guy and he said he didn't want him to miss out on this moment. So many people drive by this church every single day, all of our campuses. And they drive by and they don't know that there's power available to transform their lives. So they just keep going because they have a bad perception of what church was when they were a kid. Or they saw some weirdo on TV being weird. Hopefully you guys don't think that about me. So they just drive by the church and they don't know there's power. There are, there are people every day that deliver things to the front door of this house and then they leave never to return because they don't know that there's power in here. We got to be a place of power, of refuge, of transformation. So people don't do We need 16 campuses. So the word gets out that there's power in the house of God, that the Holy Spirit ain't dead, but that he lives in you and he lives in me and he's available for them. All flesh has the opportunity for the Holy Ghost. So Peter didn't want him to miss out. He would have just been looking down, but Peter said, look at me. Look at me, I have something to tell you. I know you've lost hope, but I need you to look up. So many people don't feel worthy to be in church or to be used by God because they've been had their head down and they've lost hope and they're going through the motions. So Peter sees this opportunity and he says, look at me. Look at me. So he gave them his attention, expecting to receive something from them. So the, the, the lame man who had no hope, all of a sudden he looks up and he sees something. I'm not sure what he saw. I believe the atmosphere shifted. And so when he said, look at me, he looked at him. And not only did he see something, but he felt something because Peter and John were living in the aftermath. So a few chapters later, Peter's just walking down the street and people are taking sick people and trying to get them into a shadow that they might be healed. I believe they walked up in their atmosphere that was around them, the aftermath that they were living in, there was a glow, there was a shadow. And so something was different about Peter and John. So when he looked up, he didn't just beg, he started to expect. He went from begging to expecting. Begging to expecting. And I've said this before, but you don't have to beg for things in the kingdom of God, but you might have to battle a little bit. You might have to look up. You might have to try to get off your feet. You might have to step out in faith. You might have to give once in a while. You might have to do stuff that's uncomfortable, but you don't have to beg. You're a kingdom person. We don't beg. We don't beg. So then Peter says, silver and gold, I do not have. But if you have Venmo, I'll hook you up. Oh, wrong Bible, wrong Bible. Silver and gold I do not have, but what I do have, I give you. This changed my life. This verse changed everything for me. He says, silver and gold I don't have, but what I have. He was living in the aftermath of Pentecost. He didn't say what the pastor has, what the leader has, what the connect group leader has, what the missionary has, what the worship leaders has. He says, not even what God has. He says, what I have. 
What I have, I give to you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. And this lame man for 40 plus years gets off his butt, starts jumping around, leaping, and walks into the temple where he'd never gone before. But because somebody was living in the aftermath, somebody realized there was power, this lame man gets his life rocked and he walks into the temple. That miracle ruined the Pharisees. It ruined the religious people. It set the world upside down. They didn't know what to do. They kept saying, this is an authentic miracle. We cannot, we can't explain it. But we realize these men, they're untrained, but they've been with Jesus. They've been with Jesus. Did you know they didn't say that until after the day of Pentecost? They'd been with Jesus for three and a half years, but they didn't recognize that they looked like him until the power of the Holy Spirit came on them. All of a sudden, they looked different. All of a sudden, they acted different. All of a sudden, they spoke different with authority. They looked different because they'd been with Jesus. I used to hear stories about this church when I wasn't going here. It's a guy named now, Dr. Pastor Matt, San Marcos campus. We were like best friends and he was in our other connect group and we started to work out together and every Monday, this is 15 years ago, every Monday he would give me a CD of Pastor Jurgen. CD is like this little round thing. Put in your... He'd give me the CDs. He'd pay five bucks for them. He'd give me the CDs. I'd listen to Pastor Jurgen, and I was blown away. Like, like, I always say you can't podcast atmosphere. Being in person's better, but I was in my car listening to this stuff, and it was changing the way I was thinking. My mind was being blown. I thought I was in the best church in the world, and all of a sudden, I was like, what is happening? And I would tell Matt, like, I don't ever hear about this stuff. This stuff doesn't, ha-. and then I would say, well, you know, my church is so big, because this church was just starting. My church is so big, I probably just don't hear about it. So I would excuse the fact that I wasn't getting taught the whole Bible. The whole Bible. And so I started to listen, and then I couldn't help myself, but I started to get hungry for power. I started to get hungry for miracles. I started to get hungry for healings. I wanted to hear from God. I wanted the Holy Spirit. And so I started to pray, God, baptize me, the Holy Spirit. Pastor Jurgen wasn't even my pastor yet, but I was like, Pastor Jurgen, how do I get baptized in the Holy Spirit? Help me. Help me. And so... So he just said, just stay hungry, it's gonna happen. So I remember, I remember Dr. Matt's mom telling the story about how she got baptized with the Holy Spirit. When you get baptized with the Holy Spirit, a sign that you've received power is speaking in tongues. It's all throughout the Bible. So she was driving in her car with worship music on, singing, and all of a sudden she broke out in tongues in her car. And I was like, no way amazing. I've been praying on my knees, you know, I've been doing the, I mean, whatever I was doing, and I, I, it like never happened. Uh, and so I, then I'd get in my car and I'd just put on worship and start singing. And looking up, believing, my next word was going to be tongue. But it didn't happen. It didn't happen that, that way. So one day we walk into a church service and Pastor Jurgen was there. It was a youth service. I'm not going to tell the whole story, but I get baptized in the Holy Spirit. 
on my back, slain in the spirit. I know that sounds weird to some people that haven't been here for very long. But I was on my back. I could not stand. I was trying to stand. But I got knocked over. And I got a revelation that I hope that the God of the universe could at least knock me down. So I fall down. And as soon as I hit the deck, I start speaking in tongues. Right then I knew that something had shifted. Something has changed. I started to live in the aftermath. Just uh, within a few weeks after I got baptized in the Holy Spirit, a woman from my work, I used to be commercial real estate full-time, I went to, the, to, to her house because she said that she had just been diagnosed with breast cancer. So my wife and I go there. I didn't know anything except for a couple of scriptures. But I knew I was filled with power. And I knew I was living in the aftermath. And so we went to this woman's house. She was a brand new Christian. And, and, and I said a couple, like the two or three scriptures that I knew. I was a Christian my whole life, but I never knew what the Bible said. So I never operated in any power because I didn't know what the Bible said. So we go there and I, I say the few scriptures and then we pray. I grab her hand, my wife grabs her shoulder, whatever, we, we, we pray. And then for that week, that was like on a Saturday every, every, or Sunday, every night that week, we prayed that cancer would go. We agreed in prayer on Friday. On Friday, she calls us, and she says, you're not going to believe this. I went to the doctor. I got my first test to see where I am. It had been a week. And she said they couldn't find an ounce, not a cell of breast cancer any further. The doctor didn't know what to do. The doctor's mind was blown. Just like the people, when the lame man walked into the temple, they were, they were amazed at what happened. No cancer. No cancer. All of a sudden, I realized I was living in the aftermath. And now I didn't just have to read the Bible, I could experience the Bible. I could start to see things happen. And since then, I've seen tons and tons and tons of miracles, and I realized that there is no equal and opposite reaction to the power of the Holy Spirit. When I release the Word, there is no contrary Word that can stop the Word of God from coming to pass, because His Word never returns to Him void. I realized there was no demonic force that could, that could return the force that I could give out when I said, get out in Jesus' name. When I told demons to leave, they had to leave. They couldn't muster up enough force. I realized that things were different now in the kingdom. Not to mention, I had kidney failure and I got completely healed because there was a man who got baptized in the Holy Spirit who was living in the aftermath. The reason I'm so passionate about the Holy Spirit is because He changed my life. He changed everything. He changed everything. The reason I will lay down my life for this church, the reason why I will give my money, give my time, give my resources, is because the Holy Spirit is here and He changed me. This church changed everything about me, it changed everything about my family. It changed the future of my kids. My kids see healings and miracles. My kids prophesy. What the heck? I didn't even know what that was when I was eight. I didn't know what that was when I was 28. But they're doing it. Because we are a house of power. A house of power. Everybody stand, stand to your feet. We have a few minutes.
guys have like a chorus we could sing? What I want to do is if you're here tonight and you want to receive power, in a minute I'm going to just ask you to, to lift your hand and I'm going to lead you in a prayer right in your seat. I'm going to lead you in a prayer and I want you to just repeat after me. It's very, very simple. I don't want you to try to figure it out. I don't want you to try to think, is this real? I don't want you to try to remember what your church told you when you were a kid. So I tell people, you're not going to die. Like, you're not even going to get hurt. <laughs> if it doesn't work, okay? But here's the thing. If it does work, everything is going to change. Everything is going to change. Everything is going to change. So I'm going to lead you in a, in a prayer. And then I'm going to pray for you. And if you're around those people that lift their hand, just stretch out your hand towards them and pray for them. The worship team is going to sing like a half of a song. While they're singing, it's going to be loud so you don't have to worry about it. I want you to, whatever comes out of your spirit, begin to speak. And you're going to find a tongue comes out of your mouth. That is a sign that power has touched your life. You just got to do it. You can't speak without speaking. Right? So you just got to start making something. Some of you are going to do it just like that. You're not going to be able to control it. Others, you're going to have to step out in faith and go for it. Just go for it. We all have to do it at some point. Everything's going to change. So if that's you, lift your hand. You're about to receive power. If that's you, if that's you, say these words. Say, Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you that the Bible says that if we want the Holy Spirit, all we got to do is ask. So right now, Jesus, you are the baptizer of the Holy Spirit. So I ask that you would baptize me with the Holy Spirit and with power and with fire. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening. To find out more about our locations, team, and what we do here at Awakened Church, go to awakenedchurch.com.